Hi, I'm Greg Greenfell. And I'm Libby Fulton. And we, we like, like to, to garden. garden. We like to garden. We like, we like to garden. We like to garden. We like, we like to garden. So, first up, we've got. Oh, actually, before we do first up, I have to do a. Uh, like a correct, not a correction, but I did have a couple of people comment to me and um, about the first episode about how at one point you can hear they said it sounded like a baby crying and then <laughs> me saying "shut up, Fred." <laughs> and I would <laughs> like to tell all the listeners that Fred is my cat, and I did not tell a baby to shut up. <laughs> she's just super vocal. And she's very anxious and she's just got a lot to say. And it's just a real non-judgmental space here. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) So you might even hear her tonight. I don't know. She's upstairs sleeping at the moment. But when she wakes up, she'll probably be quite chatty. And your dog, Vera. And my dog, Vera. She will probably come crashing through the dog door at some point. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's just a bloody barnyard here. It is. But the cutest. It is cute. Um, But that is the only thing I had to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so first up what have you been in the up to in the garden this week i nothing too much actually but i did finally put my order through to nz bulbs mm, i did that too yeah you inspired me to get onto it early because usually what happens is they leave it to the last and they oh, sell they out sell out massively it happened to me last year yeah and then i end up having to go to just which is nothing wrong with but i just never get quite um the varieties that I'm looking for. And this year I got a lot that I was excited about, especially one of the new um the new ranuncular varieties and it's a salmon coloured one, which Ooh. I'm very excited about because I love peachy tones. Yeah, I feel uh, like I can imagine that being quite pretty. Yeah, and I'm hoping that this year I'll get a better display of my ranunculus and I'm probably just gonna pop them all in pots this time. Yeah. Yeah, and I got about four new lots of tulips, um, some jonquils, and um, some freesias, and they're just fun for the kids as well, because I got some multicoloured ones. Mm, What about you? I also got bulbs, and actually bought some bulbs in my tin in the weekend too. Got some bluebells. Oh, that'd be nice. And amongst other things, but yeah, so... I'm also excited about the bulbs. And then this weekend, we got really inspired after Grow Otatahi, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Yes. But got so inspired. Came back on Saturday afternoon and we cleared all of the annuals out of the garden. It looks so good. I just gave Libby a wee tour of it. And it is, looks, there's so much space in there now. And I'm really excited to move some things around this winter once everything dies back properly. And yeah, there's room to breathe in it, as in to see what you're going to do. Yeah. Whereas sometimes at this time of the year, everything's either needing to be cut back or um, everything's quite filled out from that summer growth that you can't quite see a clear picture, eh? Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about moving some stuff around in winter and kind of figuring out where stuff's going to go. So that. And you're doing more like to. themed beds. Yes. Like colour scheme wise. Yes. Eh? I'm doing a bed that is going to be kind of like deep burgundies, mm. maroons, purples with creams and blush. Berries and cream. Honestly, like what a combo. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. And then I'm going to do like a cottage bed, which is going to be just a riot of colour. And I don't know what I'm going to do with the other bed yet. 
but you have time to think yeah i've got all winter to sit at my table and look out at the garden and just like plan yeah so that's quite good and um the other thing that we did was oh we trimmed a hedge out the front last weekend mm-hmm. and i get really pumped about it because i just think with a hedge trimmer it's so quick but actually it was like a solid two and a half hours of work and oh, then jack has one. to get up on the ladder yeah. and then we ended up doing the neighbor's side because it just looked really weird when you're doing half of it because you can't reach all the way over to the top yeah so you're doing the top and you can only really do your half of the top do you, you can't have reach all the way do you have yours connected to a power cord your trimmer or is yeah. it on a battery pack no it's on a power cord yeah and that makes it more awkward almost as well yeah it does and i had to get like the secateurs out and stuff and we filled up to oh, a I massive um in some large bits yeah, it's, I mean, it's satisfying. It was satisfying once it was done, but it was really hot that day. Yeah. And I was just so sweaty. It was gross. And I wasn't that into it. <laughs> but <laughs> I was into it for about 15 minutes, and then I wasn't into it. Like, we oh filled God. up two big wool sacks of, like, like heat stuff. Yeah. Wow. Um. Anyway, so next up, we have uh, fuck-ups. Yeah. I don't really have any fuck-ups from this week, because I've done Libby's evil. such a good gardener that she doesn't fuck <laughs> well, anything up. I only have one, but it wasn't really me. It was um, the engineers that put in um, core samples in the soil, and the kids found the holes and thought they were rabbit holes, and I may have encouraged them. And they've now made these ginormous, what were maybe the size of a can, and now <laughs> like a big ball fits inside one. <laughs> Much to my husband's disgust, there's big holes in the lawn. <laughs> oh, not his lawn. I know. <laughs> <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> no, that's not your issue. No. Um, my, uh, fuck up. oh, my roses. Oh, yes. So I've got, I think I've got six roses. I think I've counted that right. And two of them are not barely alive, I would say. They, the leaves are just all stunted and brown. They didn't produce much. They produced a lot of flower at the start of the season yeah. and not at the end. Um, and much leaves, you know, like often. They're they... like are quite spindly. Yeah. And then I went to a talk this weekend at Grow Otatahi about, and it was called All About Roses. And I didn't realize how thirsty roses are. And mm. the bed that they're in gets all day sun and it bakes. It's the hottest part of the garden. And I did not realise that you needed to water roses, like, all the time. And I think it's just that, um, what are they saying that they say? It's, like, not short often. It's, like... I'll give it, like, a like really, really deep water. Is, yeah, for the roots to go yeah. down so it doesn't... So I think that we, yeah, we just, I just haven't watered them enough. And... Um, you haven't fed them. I haven't fed them. <laughs> <laughs> so this talk, I asked the man about it who was doing the talk about why the roses might look a bit funny. And he asked me, he's like, oh, what are you feeding them? And I said, I didn't know I had to. And everyone at the talk like laughed. Because <laughs> like, I'm obviously such a rookie at growing roses. Everyone's just like, what a dumb bitch. No, they weren't. They were probably really nice about it. But the takeaway was that, yeah, um, definitely should have. And what did he recommend? Because I didn't know that you needed to feed roses. But I'm not that great at doing it. And I usually do um, some, put some sea salt in. Like some I use sea salt? Sea salt, sorry. Oh, sea salt. What is that? Um, I feel like it's just um, seaweed stuff. 
Maybe some algae. I don't know. I'll have to look on the back. But it's like a Tui product. Hashtag Tui. <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> um, I, okay, we put seaweed stuff on them. Yeah. So I don't know, but I have seen in, obviously, like specialist rose feeding. Like, yes. So they he just showed us heaps of different products, and I wrote down some notes, but... Um, I'm really professional and I don't have them on me right now. <laughs> but he also said sheep pellets oh. and to give them a really good mulch. Ah, oh, yes. That yeah. That's one yeah. thing I took away from the whole of Grow It It was the mulch. Just do it. Yeah. I love doing mulch as well in my garden with pea straw, which often people don't like. But um, it's because I get it cheap. And it, like, and it looks like my garden's really tidy once it's on because you can't see any weeds. Yeah. We got a mulch the first year that we had the garden and we just bought bags of it and it was probably quite cheap because Jack wouldn't have paid heaps for it because yeah. he's quite stingy. But it was really chunky and that was also a takeaway that I got from Grow Otatahi was don't buy chunky mulch. It has to be like quite fine and like not big bits of bark if you buy oh, a bark yes. based mulch and it should have like a good bit of green matter in it as well because it aids in the breaking down so into the soil yeah yeah so i've basically just ruined my roses <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty hardy though and, and yeah, next season's another season yeah exactly another season another season another reason did they say anything is that an old wife's tale like I used to put my, oh, I still do, throw out my um, banana peel skins. That is actually, comes from the fact that they need lots of potassium. Yeah. But you'd have to put like a ton of right. banana skins on them for it to yeah. be beneficial. And then otherwise you just have like a rotten banana skin. It doesn't look garden. cute at all. I don't imagine that. <laughs> 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 and like especially not after like a week of baking in the sun I know I suppose when I see them like visually I'm like scurry them under some pea straw because I'm like Ugh. oh yeah yucky yucky um yeah so that's my fuck up everyone water your roses go on do it right now because you might not be watering them enough okay so that segues nicely into talking about Grow Odatahi that we went to in the weekend um so if anybody that lives in Christchurch or in the South Island or for next year, um, it's a definitely worth a visit. Um, I only got to the Botanic Gardens site in the weekend to on Sunday, so next year I'd definitely like to... What are the other sites? At Lincoln Uni. I thought they just had tents there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought they had talks there too. You know, I think... I might be wrong, but I'm, oh, I thought that... Okay, I might be completely wrong. I just assumed that Lincoln Uni had... Like, was sponsoring it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe don't listen to me. <laughs> Maybe don't listen to either of us. We kind of... Oh, like, God. I mean, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, they had tons of talks... From heaps, heaps of displays people had put together gardens. Um, there were heaps of really cool little shops. Yes. Um, little stalls that had really cool gardening things. There were heaps of just general Canterbury kind of agriculture companies that yes. had tents there. Um, there. And it was right by Ilex, which is the cafe in the gardens in Christchurch. Yeah. So everyone had a coffee, you get some food. And the weather was, it was amazing. It was and it was just so good and i'm so excited to see how much it will grow in the next few years yeah. because i suspect 
that it's the type of event that say in 10 years will be massive for Christchurch yeah and people from all over the country will come to it because it was just it was so cool yeah it'll become like a renowned thing yeah. in the gardening calendar for people you know if you want to go on a trip yeah they'll come to Christchurch for it especially I reckon Hmm. Um, so I only went to two talks but Gary went to a few more yeah I went to all about roses I went to the, all the ones that I went to were in the Terra Viva tent um, because that was just kind of the stuff that I was most interested in was the stuff that they had people talking about mm-hmm. so I went to all about roses which I learnt that you're supposed to feed roses <laughs> <laughs> and that was really actually super helpful and I learnt also that at Terra Viva they have um, in July, they have a class Ooh. at Terra Viva for winter pruning. Oh, I would love to and go And I've got that. a rose catalogue, and I really want to buy another rose, I think. Oh, um, I love roses. So beautiful. So that was really good, because roses can be, I think they seem scary when you, before you have them, you think, I don't know, they have this reputation of being, like, quite particular, and, mm. like they'll just die if you don't care for them properly or like if you don't cut them the right way then they won't like you but actually they're very hardy oh yeah apart from that though yeah uh we both went to bulbs and banter yes that was really cool i learned lots green not so much yeah i think because in my course that i'm doing yeah as a little sidebar i am studying like part-time it's like a certificate in horticulture and the Early last <laughs> I'm so smart She's um, when the last like paper paper mm-hmm. that I did there's heaps of stuff about bulbs and corms and all that so I feel like I have only just recently yep. like, learned all about that and there was like modules and assignments and stuff so I just felt like yeah. I was all over it but you learned a lot yeah I did what did you learn well, I did know about the different types of bulbs, but it was great having the visual examples that they brought up mm. to see, but also, like, the takeaways, like, I, like, things you know, but it's nice to be told, like, so it really sinks oh, in. I so. 100% learnt that I do not plant my bulbs deep enough. Oh, yes. And that I'm probably going to have lost all my daffodils. That daffodil one was key, <laughs> so about, he's eight, eight inches. inches. Which is about 20 centimetres, yeah, which is really deep. Really deep. And... That it's not what you do now. It's what you've done in the last six months. Yes. So it's like after um, your bulbs, like your daffodils have flowered, um, so you don't cut them back, you don't tie them up, mm. in, which I've seen. Mm. And like a lady down the road, her garden, I admire, I love it so much. And she always ties back her bulbs into oh. these nice little neat groups. And I always Tell her she doesn't know what she's doing. Well, I know, but her... Go and knock on her door. <laughs> <laughs> she I've seen the state of your house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and then don't cut them back. Like you've got to leave that leaf for as long as possible. Yeah, what well, feeds the bulb? Feeds the bulb, and wait until it's completely died down, and you've still got to keep watering it, the plants well mm. till this time of year. And it's that water that they need to receive to stay moist that helps develop the flower. So it's it's crucial that they stay damp over summer. Yeah. Which actually, now I think about it. Probably is my problem. I think mine are probably dried husks by now because mine yeah. are all out the front and that's a really dry bed and I just haven't done anything out yeah. there with them. So. And I thought it was more that I planted them too early and they rotted, which I think is the case for some. I have noticed that they haven't left to, like when I found them later, they have got mould in mm. them. But I definitely don't think I have planted them deep enough. Mm, um, so that was cool. And also uh, about tulips. This is like something that you see. So I, I love this tip was you've got to plant 
um, bulb, tulip bulbs each year. Don't bother mm. like trying to get them. They're never as good. No. And often you notice that like I've had them in pots and I've repotted them again. Yeah. And I thought, oh yeah, and I only get like maybe one or two flowers and I think, oh, I don't know what's happened here. So I've seen it. Yeah. I've never clipped that. Yeah. That's just like a normal thing that it is really hard for them to, what do you say, like two years sometimes for them to. Longer than yeah. that. He said up to five years, I think, oh, for a yeah. seed to actually become a bulb that's viable to have yeah. a flower come out of it. So um, I've seen that before on Gardener's World. There were people who grew, they grew all their tulips as annuals, and I think Monty even does. Oh, Monty, of course, can do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just expensive, probably, but... But also, as a side point, they were great um, host speakers, weren't they? Like, I did Oh, they were really cool. What were their names again? David and Michael. Well, yeah. Yeah, they were cool, and they were from the Canterbury Horticultural Society, and they just bloody loved bulbs. <laughs> it was actually really cool. It was very cool. And also learning about cyclamens, which I do, I've always had a, a fond love of, um, is they obviously, <laughs> you can get them to reflower, um, but it's the key thing, again, over summer when they die down is not to overwater them. I think they just keep talking about how people just think, oh, yeah. you, you look dead, give it some water. And I have so been guilty of that to the point of the swimming. And um, that they don't like the heat. So, like, in maybe when you've got them in wintertime, it's fine. Mm. But in summer, when they are dying back, which is totally normal, is um, put them somewhere a bit cooler. So Shady under yeah. a tree. Well, they're a woodland plant, so they should be in the shade. And I would never have thought to put them outside under a tree. Yeah. Like, you know, because of winter, you have them inside and things like that. So that was a great tip. Yeah, there were heaps of good tips. And then there were also heaps of good tips at the talk that was next. And Libby didn't stay for the whole time. She had her girls with her. And it was a bit, it was hard for them to stay concentrated for so long. <laughs> they did well. They did really well. Well, it was banter, except when um, I moved one of them because she was making too much noise and she like flipped out of the pram. <laughs> <laughs> Erupted into a big roar. Yeah. But the next talk was Ask an Expert. Which was cute because Greta asked some questions. I did ask some questions. I was ready. But um, that was hosted by Studio Home Gardening. Drew Atkinson. Yes. And um, it had, there was the guy from Tree Tech. Yeah. Um, there was one of the guys from the Bulbs and Banter. I can't yeah. remember which one it was, what his name was, but it was one of them. And then there was a woman called Jill who has a garden called Fisherman's Bay. Oh. And that's on Banks Peninsula. And I follow that on Instagram, actually. Oh, I, I followed that for a just gorgeous, gorgeous garden. I really, really want to go for a visit. I just never, never got around to it. But um, so it was really cool to... And they all had different opinions on everything, which I felt was really interesting, yeah. but also very typical of gardening, gardening. Because you learn your own ways of doing things, as well as getting advice from other people. And you kind of figure things out on your own. Mm. And there's so many different ways to get to the same point. Yes. And it depends on where you garden and what, like, your exactly, yeah. local climate's like as well. So. Yeah. And they all were so experienced. And so it was really interesting hearing all their different opinions. I like um, But another big takeaway from that was get mulching. <laughs> Just fucking do it. Because they sort of suggested if you could twice a year. Yep. But obviously not always feasible. No, I imagine that's quite expensive if you're doing it twice a year. Mm. But um, also Jill from Fisherman's Bay Garden said that 
it's not it's sometimes can be quite tricky to mulch like an herbaceous border yes um oh yeah because you can't have it too you could, yeah because you can't underneath yeah that. and when when you've got a when you've got a herbaceous border it's kind of everything's gone to ground you don't want to cover that up with mulch no um, are you talking about over winter yeah, yeah over winter sorry. so yeah. she said if she mulches she'll do it just once a year in spring on a like oh, herbaceous plants. Wow. Um, I think because in spring, like in winter, you're protecting the, the roots from getting too cold and all that. And from the frost. And from the frost. And then in summer, it's more about um, keeping them cool and keeping the moisture in the soil. Yes. So beer Springs. soil just like evaporates, the water just evaporates out of it. So if you mulch in spring, you're protecting them and keeping them moist all summer as well. So. And you can see, put it in. Close enough to the base of plants, but not touching, yeah. but also allow room for that summer growth yeah. to come away. Yeah, yeah. And suppress weeds as well. Yeah, exactly. And then it breaks down over the season and improves your soil, and yeah. it's just good. Because I tend to usually, when I mulch, um, like once I do my um, big like end of autumn, winter clear up of the garden, I'll go around and do a big layer then. So mm. maybe I need to hot, like hang tight in some areas. Do you know what I mean? Into mm. spring to put it in a layer. That could be a good tip. Yeah, I agree. I, I could try that out this year, actually. Yeah, see how it goes. Yeah, and report back. Yes. So this week we're not going to be talking about a specific plant, but we're going to be talking about a group of plants, and that is perennials. Yes. And what they are, because. I didn't know for ages. I always had to Google what a perennial was. Like, I didn't get the difference between perennials and annuals. I don't know why. I just It's didn't. hard for a beginner gardener. And I think because everyone uses the terms so readily and acts like, duh, do you not know what this yeah. means? And they actually mean different things when they talk about yes. perennials. And it's not always that clear what they're talking no. about. Or, yeah. So when they're talking about caring for perennials, you don't, it's hard to figure out kind of what that means. Yeah. And also it depends on the situation of the plant as well, like what they're talking about. Yeah. So a perennial is a plant that loses its leaves in winter, basically. Which I didn't know it was so broad as that. I thought it was super, narrower. Super broad. But when people, I think mostly when people mm. talk about perennials, this is they're talking about those flower mm. they're not talking about trees and bushes and stuff they're talking about the flowers like soft soft stemmed that might lose all of their foliage or most of their foliage in winter so like go straight back down to ground yeah like an aquilegia like a granny's bonnet yep. it doesn't go back into the ground over winter but it, and it does have some foliage over winter but that's still a perennial yeah and then you have things that go completely down to the ground and yeah, die like, off. A, like a daisy or something. Yeah, and they're just like, you'd never even know they were there. Like my baby's breath, my gypsophila. Oh, and my hostas. No, that's what I was thinking more of. Yeah. Is it, it is a perennial? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's confusing, confusing. Guys. It is confusing. And then because I was thinking more like, oh, I was like, we were talking about this the other day. And I was like, oh, my hydrangea. But actually that's a shrub. And so I was like, oh, maybe it's not. But, but it's still a perennial. perennial. Yeah. yeah. And then so shrubs... You'd only ever call something a shrub if it's got woody stems. Yeah. Um, but it's still a perennial, and it's also a shrub. This is, guys, it yeah, gets it's really, really tricky out there. It's tough out there. It is. Um, but basically, yeah, anything that dies back in winter. Yeah. Perennial. Yeah. And they and come back, back again. Key. 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 It comes back. <laughs> it comes back year after year. So, but perennials will come back year after year after yep. year. 
and you, yeah, they just get bigger and bigger each year. Yeah, especially if they're well looked after. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about how you can look after them. So the biggest thing when you're caring for them, when they die back in winter, mm. oh yes, you get rid of that old growth. Yeah, and it but makes not way may way for the new growth. Yeah, but not, not too, too soon, soon. <laughs> as I learnt with my salvia. <laughs> yeah. So last year I got super excited. I mean, I mm. am just always really pumped about the garden, and I. I love that about you. Your your gardening attitude is great. I just get in there, and I'm yeah. so excited to do it that I just have to do it right now. Yes. But um, so the salvia was kind of dying back, and I thought, right, I'm just going to cut it all back, ready for winter. <laughs> so I cut it all back, and then about mid spring, everything else had kind of come back this year, this yeah. last season, except that. And I was kind of like, well, that's good. weird. And then so I just waited and waited, and it did not come back. And then I was really gutted because Jack, my husband, his mum gave me that because oh. she really liked it. <laughs> I just didn't understand why it wasn't coming Mm. back and then I went to a garden centre and I asked them I mean I was there for a lot of other things and I was just asked them about it and she said that I had probably cut it back too early because it needs that old growth still on it to protect the young shoots Uh, from frost so if it's putting up new shoots over winter Mm. or even in autumn it might put up new shoots and they're really tender yeah and if you leave all the old growth on it then it protects it from the frost which Which makes sense and total sense that's another example of i don't know specifically the reason why but i feel like i've often done that with my perennials and mainly out of laziness again because I can't be bothered. I'm all, I'm going go hard with my garden. <laughs> so when I've gone in to do like the winter tidy up, I'm like, I'm going to wait for the whole garden to look like shit before I get in there. <laughs> oh, there's some greenery over there. We've still got a couple of weeks up our sleeve. Wait for that to die down. Because on the opposite, I get so excited about the next stage. That it's like we've gone, gone in and cleaned up everything now Yeah. because I'm so excited about the next stage. Even though I'm going to have to wait like two or three months until the next stage, I just get so pumped and I just can't not. I'm very like instant gratification. Which is great. That's fine. I mean, it's something <laughs> about me. Can you come and do my <laughs> Now it is time for our cold call. Cold call. I'm most excited about this segment, actually. That's always really good. And um, tonight we're actually going to call my mum. <laughs> she actually, as of last night, hadn't listened to our first episode. <gasps> So she didn't know that I was bagging on her gardening skills. So she might have listened to it by now. Um, And I said that um, I had told that story about how she put that plant (laughs) in that cupboard. And she's horrified that the person who gave it to her might be listening. (laughs) Which I don't think that they are. But if they are, just know that that's just my mum and she still really likes you. It's not personal. She still likes you as a friend. Um, So let's give her a call. It's always interesting. Will they pick up? Does she love you enough? Oh. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, I'm just here with Libby. Hi, Bev. Yeah. Um, Hi. Um... <laughs> I liked your podcast. Oh, oh, did you? Thank you. Yeah, very cute. It's just like you two hanging out in the kitchen. We are yeah. literally <laughs> hanging out in the kitchen. <laughs> but we're actually recording um, our podcast right now. No pressure. And you are our cold call guest. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. So we're just wondering what you've been up to in the garden. <laughs> I've got a gardener on the other day to clean it up. Oh, oh that's yeah. great. Oh. Well, that's something. Yeah. 
What did, well, what did they do? Uh, just tidied up, skipped the pads, got rid of the convolvulus. Oh, the convolvulus. Oh, yeah, we've got lots of that. It's a, it's a nightmare. Um, um, how's your rose uh, going, Mum? Oh, good. It's, um, I needed to find out what that spray is because I think it's still got aphids. It's, it's growing, growing quite fast. Oh, yeah. Um, that is actually a good tip for roses. So what we use to get rid of yeah. the aphids is, and I've told mum this and I've texted it to her and I've told her about five times, <laughs> is in a spray bottle, just fill it with water and then I think it's a teaspoon of dishwashing liquid and Ooh. a teaspoon of olive oil. Oh, olive oil. Yeah, and I think it makes it slippery, I guess, for them. Or yeah. maybe it tastes gross, I don't know. But we spray that on the new growth and the aphids don't like it at all and it completely clears it up. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It does seem to be effective. Um... I think it'll take off in spring, the rose, so I think it's poised. Perfect. And hopefully, it is a rambler, so hopefully it will cover the, all the sides of the, the yeah. ugly sides of the deck upstairs. Yeah. Oh, I love a rambler. What it's colour? a rambler of wedding day. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I got great. Oh, no, I didn't. No. I got anniversary. I always get it confused. <laughs> We've literally already had this conversation tonight. We have. <laughs> I wanted to get her wedding day beef, and I would have sold out. And so I got her anniversary. So I tell you, it's actually oh, okay. better to have the yeah. an anniversary because it's ongoing every year. Yeah. It's a celebration. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, I'm glad that you got someone in. And I'm stoked. Just that like you... the old times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do not like gardening. I don't think uh, there's a thing such as gardening because it's only ever weeding. I never get past <laughs> weeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough out there. No, so nobody ever says, oh, what do you do with your spare time? Oh, I do weeding. <laughs> nobody says that, do they? What you need to do is, my style is I plant so much stuff mm. that I can't see the weeds. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Do you try digging in, in the soil at this house? Um, I feel like I have because I've de- definitely done some working bees at your house that I've been roped into. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty hard to make a planting hole in the ground. Yeah. Not, not fun. No. So, okay, so am I going, you actually recording this? Yes. yes. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Anything else you'd like to know about my I think we're good, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Plenty to be going on. Yeah. All right. Love All you. Right. Nice, nice to bye, talk, Bye. Bye. Um. So thanks, Mum. And now we are on to some listener questions. Yeah, which is I couldn't believe it, but we had some. Um, I know. We had some people email in, and our email is we like to garden dot pod dot com. <laughs> what? What did she say? <laughs> we like to garden dot pod dot com. <laughs> what did she say to me before? <laughs> we like to garden dot pod at gmail dot com. Oh, you forget me to do your intro. <laughs> so, correction corner. It is <laughs> we like to garden dot pod at gmail. At, com. Uh, at gmail. Oh, don't okay. just type in dot com. We don't have a website. <laughs> I 
because it's cute. Um, <laughs> so we've got a few questions from Megan. And she says, as a new listener, I everyone's a new listener because we've only done one episode. <laughs> cute. <laughs> but as a new listener, I have a few questions. Um, number one actual question is, how the fuck do you keep an indoor Boston fern alive? I know. Tricky. Uh, I had to look this up because I don't have one. I don't have one. Well, yeah, we don't have one either and we have looked it up. Yeah. What did you find? Lots of um, light, but indirect, not like yep. straight in the sun. It also, humidity is huge. So mm. it talks about you can, if you haven't got the right type of pot for it, you could maybe double pot it or use pebbles in the base to create some humidity. So it's like misting. And so you don't want to put it anywhere, I'd say, by like a heat pump or anything where it can get dried out. No. So like, Potentially not even by like a window that's being opened a lot. No. But it, and you can mist it? Mist it. But also great as a hanging, um, like oh, indoor plant, yeah. like likes a, I don't know, crochet or make great, or like a high um, pot stand or something. Yeah. Because of the foliage can like fall down. Yeah. Like a like cascade. You might yes. Say. Yeah. The pond. Yeah. So that would be if you, and we were talking about this earlier because in Canterbury where we live, it's very hot and dry in summer. There's yeah. like humidity is just not really a thing where we live. So if you're finding it particularly hard in summer to, to keep, keep it alive and also if you live in a really nice warm house which hopefully you all do but if you if your house isn't damp then your yep. fern probably won't love it and maybe it's just not the right plant for the right place in your home yeah i wonder bathrooms yeah try the bathroom if it doesn't get too much direct sunlight i'd say yeah um but yeah hopefully i mean let us know how you go with yeah. that yeah um what are your thoughts on standard roses in pots do you just have to go on watering or do they just not do great in pots? And for standard roses, they actually sort of with their root system. Their root mm. system is really shallow and so they just don't do well in pots. They don't have enough to anchor themselves to. So if you grow roses in pots, I mean, you can give it a go. You can give anything a go I and it might work. <laughs> <laughs> and if it, it doesn't work, stick it on the ground. Like, it doesn't work. Yeah. So you do generally have to buy, that's why they have patio roses and pot roses yeah. specifically because they are a lot smaller and their root systems are a lot smaller. So they don't need that space around them to anchor themselves. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I, I imagine also in a pot, which I the one that mine's in and it's like a memory rose is um which i thought that if we had to leave i could take it with me but actually it just needs to go in the ground to survive is the pot in summer because it needs high amount of water with the roses i just do not think you can water it enough either. yeah it can't hold it no yeah pots dry out so quickly mm. um how do you stop lavender from going woody Ooh, you yeah. just cut it right back which also that's a learning curve for me over the years is I knew you had to cut it back but I didn't realise how harshly yeah. and how continually over summer yeah. you need to keep cutting it so you, you cut it to a little stump like mm. a ball about I think we cut ours back ours are about 3 years old now and we cut them to a ball that is probably 10 to 15 centimetres across and what time of year was this? Um, so I've just done them yeah um, autumn. and I don't do it in the height of summer <laughs> yeah so we did it last year in winter yeah um, I've done it now in autumn and then 
I would probably do it again at the end of winter if they, because at the moment they're growing, like they're going gangbusters again because it's so warm. So they've got heaps of new growth on them and they're getting quite big again. Depending on how that goes over winter, mm. I will leave them and see how big they get. Yeah. Um, but otherwise I'll leave them and then, um, yeah. See, see how they go in summer. And do you trim them, do you cut them back like in summer or not? Well, I have to create like a more of a shape. Yeah. But I've, I've had to either time it because I've had to think ahead when do I want this like shaped bit and I don't know if there's an official time but like often you know by about December yeah they're starting to go crazy but I still think there's more summer to go yeah. so I've like given mine a trim to shape them up so that they're not all yeah overhanging and because they go some varieties go woody quite quickly yeah we I can't remember what else is called it might be the lavender major yeah and it, um, it keeps a really good shape it's good but I don't think I have a major I've tried a few varieties. Yeah. I don't love our variety, but I'm fine with it as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, that is the tip. Keep it. Cut it right back. Further than you think. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and what are the best gardening apps and websites? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so I am kicking myself because my husband Jack is not here and he actually has the best app that you take a photo of like a leaf or a flower and it tells you what plant it is mm. and I can I don't know what it's called and I should have asked him and yeah. I'm very sorry to everyone out there I will let you know next time but basically if I am googling something mm. I would always go on a UK website before I go on an American website because they have a way similar climate to us yeah and so i can generally trust what they're saying because i think if you can grow in england yeah you can grow it in new zealand yes um but i I, especially for the south island i think we're a lot more like the uk like if you are in auckland or in the far north then i would probably like australian websites probably yeah because i like that kind of tropical vibe yeah but um yeah i feel like i just have people that i follow now on instagram or um old school is over the years um new zealand gardener the magazine the magazine it's great yeah I'd quite, i feel like i sometimes see that at the supermarket and i want to buy it but i yeah. never do i don't know why i always do it as like a, a mother's day gift um so i just for yourself <laughs> <laughs> for my mum god <laughs> But I also then read it myself. Yeah. Sometimes I'm the first to read it. That's a double gift. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Smart. Yeah, and what else did I say? A tip in... Oh, the Gates Gardening Guide, which was a tip in um, Petal Power, the book that we oh, both purchased yes. from Julia. Yeah. Um, who's Studio Home Gardening. And I get lots of tips. I learned so much off her Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. There are so many people that we really love on Instagram. Yeah. If you even have a look at even like New Zealand companies like O-rings. like King Seeds, Orange, yeah. like your local garden centre will have one. Yeah. Um, Tui. Yeah. They send out an email, but yeah, as for apps that when you're searching something. That would be good to know if someone finds something like that. Yeah, we would love to know if people have something legit. Yeah. Uh, We have one more listening question, and this is from Clara. And she says, um, Hi, I was just wondering what the best way to keep your vegetable garden healthy in different weathers. Thanks. And 
I actually clarified this question with her tonight oh. because she was actually at my house. This is Clara, my niece. Hi, Clara. Hi, Clara. Um, thanks for writing in. I really appreciate it. Tell it's your friends cutest. to write in. It's really cute. Um, I wasn't sure what she meant by weathers, and she clarified tonight she meant seasons. Oh, okay. yeah. So, oh, so that's much broader than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say um, starting with summer you yep. need to be watering your veggie garden every day yes. because your veggies are thirsty, thirsty. Yeah, and depending on what, where your vegetable garden is or if you've got a few, um, depending on orientation, like with some um, um, vegetables that you're growing might be quite tender to direct sunlight. So you might even put some shade cloth or something. Yeah. Well, you might even be doing something like that because of all like the bugs. Yeah. Quite butterflies, things yeah. like that. So, so you quite often need to cover things because yeah. as the season progresses, so do all the caterpillars and the butterflies and the things that love to eat your veggies as much as you do. Oh, I know. Yeah. And then um, in winter, I would say you can put, you can buy like mini polytunnels to keep frost off things. That's cool. Um, and just make sure that if you're planting winter veg, that it's getting some sun. Yes. Um, and I'd say and if you're not also using... Also key, because I didn't know this, when I first started, I thought when people talked about planting your winter veg, you planted it in winter. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why, you know, why, does, why is my broccoli not growing? <laughs> this is about 10. But I learned, obviously, you have to think ahead yeah. and for your winter veg. Planting it in autumn. Yes. Yeah. Um, and if you're not using beds, because you might not use all of your beds over the winter season, no. then you're looking after your soil. You yes. put like a big thick layer of compost on it and let the worms kind of work that in over the winter. Yeah, soil is really important for all seasons and winter is the perfect time to like work out perhaps where your soil has deficiencies and there are like little test kits and stuff you can get at yeah. um, most gardening places to, yeah. to find that out. And you can Google, I think, as well, after you've had a certain crop in a bed, yeah. you can't then put another certain crop in a bed, but I don't know the intricacies of it. Yeah, I think it's more about if putting like if you've had something that's leaching, I mean, sorry, that's taken up a, like a, a lot of nutrients, you might want to put like a heavy yeah. nutrition leaching sort of variety in. If you've got the space... yeah. Um, to do that yeah. as well. You should always probably put compost in. Yes. Yeah. And if you do it for winter, then the rain and the worms kind of mix it yeah. all into the soil so it's ready for spring. And spring, you probably don't need to do too much because it's like the perfect optimum weather for growing. You just keep hopefully. those seeds in there, hopefully. Hopefully it's not too wet. And hopefully the birds don't pick out your seeds. Yeah. It might be an idea you can start seeds in little um, seed trays Trace. inside. Yeah. And once you have the seedlings, you can prick them out mm. and put them in the garden. And you can, again, get, like, netting or frost cloth or whatever and to protect probably it. not frost cloth. But well, it depends how early you're going to, like, some things you wouldn't bother yeah. doing after until after, like, label mm. weekend or even show weekend here in Canterbury. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so hopefully the soil is warm enough. Yeah. yeah, hopefully that answered some of your questions, Clara. If you have any more, yeah. please write in at we like to garden dot pod at gmail dot com. You can follow us on Instagram as well. Grace just handling all the handles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why don't you do the Instagram? Well, we, we like to garden. garden. Is it? Is it? Is it? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. What it is there? Um. <laughs> she made me panic and pick up my phone. <laughs> She did pick up her phone. <laughs> but she was too panicked to even check. Um, it is We Like to Garden on Instagram. And you can 
like and subscribe. If you, subscribe to yeah, us. If you subscribe and you rate our podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening, we would be so grateful. Have you did a podcast before because you sound so natural. I've listened to, to about five million crime podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so email us your questions, follow us on Instagram, write us a review. And we'll do a shout out. Do a shout out. If you write us a review, we might read your review. Only nice ones, though. Again, would like to reiterate. Oh, no, I'd love to read out a negative one. Would you? Yes. That would be funny. And also, like, shame on you spreading your negative energy about. Oh, yeah, okay. I just, I don't vibe with that. I just, I'm scared. But that's fine. <laughs> that's about me and my journey and my insecurities. Um, Everyone's on their own path. Everyone's on their own path. It's fine. Um, bye. Bye. Bye.